and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. What is your reason for being in business? How do you have a holiday and still make money? Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Then today's show is for you and we will show you how to step up to run your business better. Taking Care of Business is made possible by our friends at EVU Group, Australia's first multi-brand real estate network. So if you're not really building a business, if you're just giving yourself a job, then our first guest is for you. He's written a book aptly named Run Your Business Better and works extensively with business owners who are in pain. <laughs> I love that. So I had to talk to him. Stephen Barnes, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Now, businesses, owners that are in pain, what are their, what's the most common pain points for business owners in your experience? I think the main pain point is that they're overwhelmed. They just don't know what to do to change it. Mm. Um, and, you know, running a business is part being good at as a practitioner, but the other part that is often overlooked is about having the right skills to actually run the business, and that's what causes them the problem and gets them into pain. Cause them the pain. So, you know, we looked at pain points to think, be things like staff, uh, marketing. Are, are they some of the common pain points, or are there other ones? Um, I, I was more going with, you know, lack of sales, um, cash flow, mm. um, yeah, um, marketing, cash flow, yes. all of those yeah. other sorts of skills. Mm. Um, yeah, staffing is part of it as well. Um, but it's more the generic, those business skills that, are, that, that the book's aimed at okay. and addressing. So besides buying and, and reading your book to help get some remedies, what are some of the other remedies that businesses should be uh, conscious of for, you know, um, curing these pains? Well, I think my main tip and my main theme in the book is to work on your business rather than in your business. Mm. Um, so that's sitting down and actually thinking and spending more time about being a business owner than being the practitioner. So if we were to take an example of an electrician, for instance, if they're spending more time on the tools and actually being an electrician, um, they need to sort of take a step back and spend the time actually looking at how to run their business and take it for, um, you know, forward in, in a proactive way. So we'll use the electrician as an example. Cause that's, a, that's a good one. It's simple enough for most of us to understand is that if they are not on the tools, then someone else has to be on the tools. So is, is that that they have to then look at uh, employing staff? Um, to a certain extent, they should, um, but it's a lot of... Business owners think that they can't employ staff because they can't do them as well as yes. as they they think they do. Yeah, yeah. So you know, in the book, I talk about systemising your business, and um, uh, you led in your intro about how to have a holiday. Yes. Um, you know, and that comes down to having to think about how you actually run your processes and how can you replicate those processes so that someone else can do it as well as you can, uh, which buys you time to do the other things that you need to do in your business. And by spending time on the other things in your business is not, you know, um, means that you're not going to um, earn less. It actually means you're going to earn more because you're actually going to be doing the things that you need to do to take your business forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pleased when I read it that you talked about processes and systems because every great business 
in the history of the world have all had great processes and systems. And the small business owner notoriously doesn't think like a big business because they think, oh, that's big business, they can afford to do that. But small businesses can put processes and systems. They don't need to be that complicated, do they? No, there's tools to, um, to make it really easy. I mean, you can systemise everything from how you answer the phone. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a written down process um, and procedure. It can be something as simple as, you know, taking getting your phone out and taking a little video of yourself answering the phone, so that if you you want to get one of your kids or an employee to answer the phone for your business, then they know how you like the phone answered, you yeah. know, and they can refer to it. Yeah. Um, you can put it on an intranet site, mm. you know, which is really easy to put on to your website. Um, so that's all there. You can give people access to it that for different things. Um, so it doesn't have to be all that complex, but it needs to be done. It also has the advantage that makes you look at how you go about doing a business and look at ways that you can do it better as well. So if someone is wanting to find out more information besides reading your book, I know you've got some great resources that you've said to that the state government, I think federal government also have some really good websites that have a lot of this information on them as well. Yeah, so in the book there's a, a, there's a checklist and also on my website um, of a whole pile of different resources around oh, different cool. types of um, um you know, uh, different issues from, you know, where to get information about starting a business to marketing and content um, and getting the, the tools that you need. Your website, is it, what's the web, web address? www.byronvaleadvisors.com. Right, Byron Advisors. Now, Byron Vale Advisors, I was going to ask you about, that's your business? That's my business. And it's a management consultancy? Is it's that? a management consultancy business that um, specialises in uh, recovery, restructures and rebuilds of organisations. Okay, so. we'll put a link to our Facebook page that people can find out more there. The other area that I noticed you're quite prolific at is on LinkedIn. So anyone listening today who isn't on LinkedIn and you're in business, you need to get onto LinkedIn and please put a photo of yourself on there. I visit that many profiles, Stephen, and there's too many that haven't got a photo. Put a photo of yourself. It's all people want to do business with people. Uh, and But you're quite active on LinkedIn and you've got quite a lot of articles on there. And there's one that you wrote recently for the first 5,000 about planning. Yep, so I um, I write for several magazines, mm. and First 5000 is one of those. Um, and I wrote an article uh, that's up this week about planning. Mm -hmm. So, and, and a lot of small businesses, in fact, I'd say most small businesses don't actually do some planning. Why do you think that is? Um, I think there's a couple of reasons. One is they, they think that it's, um, you know, it's scary because, you know, what happens if I don't reach my goals, if I do a plan? Mm. Um, I think they also think that it's a, a, a lot of time and effort for something that, you know, may just get chucked in a, in a box. Um, but I think the, the whole process of planning is really important. You know, Dwight Eisenhower had a saying that, you know, no battle is won without a plan. Um, you know, you know, so planning is important, you know. Yeah, well, uh, imagine yeah, building a house without a plan. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It'd end so, up like something from Dr. Zeus, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, and if you look at it, the big businesses all have 
plans. Mm. So, you know, why do they have a plan? Because it's something, it's a tool and it's useful and, and, and it's something that they should have. Yeah. Um, so, and it organizes your thoughts and, and, it, and it sets your direction and makes sure that you, you're on track. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be a great big thick document that gathers mm. dust on the shelf. It can start with a one page. Keep, keep yep. it simple. Uh, on your article on LinkedIn, I don't know if you read my comment. My view is I think the word plan needs a rebrand. I think you mentioned plan and everyone goes, Oh, it's a scary word. So we need to, I don't know what it is yet. I've got it on my to-do list. It needs to come up with a word that's a bit more engaging mm. and not so scary. I think the word strategy also is a bit yeah. scary for small business owners as well. <laughs> yeah, but again, you know, the, I think the only time that small businesses particularly look at a plan is when they're asked to buy a bank. Oh, yeah. okay. So, you know, they're asked to put together a plan or a, a business plan. Yeah, a which bank. is a, a good thing. But then uh, that's a bit scary too because a lot of business owners would go, where do I start? Yeah. Well, they could buy your uh, book. book. <laughs> is that what you're about to say? No, they, they, well, I mean, even the banks have really good resources yeah. and tem- templates and things like that. But again, the, the point is it, it's great. It, it serves a purpose for the bank loan, for instance. Mm. But I actually think a plan is something that you need to keep on referring to to make sure that you're on, on the, the, the right trajectory. Yeah. Um, and, and moving forward. Um, and something that is, is a living document. It's not just something that, that you do once yeah, and, and for, a, for a purpose of getting a loan. I know a small business that, or they were a small to medium sized business and they'd have weekly staff meetings as most people do. And they would have the business plan as an agenda item, which I thought was really smart. So I kept them accountable and make sure that they spoke about it every week. How's it going? Does it need to change? Is it, is it on track? Is it, is it a living document? Yeah. So in building a plan, there's several different stages and the last stage is called manage. In, mm. in the in the model that I use, and, and that is about actually um, when do you check in, but it's also about with that staff meeting uh, scenario, it's about making people accountable. Mm. So if you make people accountable for different things, then it's more likely to be done. Yeah, and, and it's also giving it attention because mm. we're so distracted. There's so much going on. It's actually saying, okay, let's talk about this. So it's drawing attention to that to keep keep it front of mind i suppose yeah now let's go back to linkedin why do you use linkedin um i think uh, from a social media perspective there's um for a business to business um sort of um firm mm. there's two sorts of pl- uh, platforms that i'd use and that would be linkedin or twitter mm-hmm. um, if it's a business to customer um business then i'd be using facebook and twitter mm. um so it's particularly good for business to business um it's an area where um people who, have, who are more in a service industry mm. um congregate yeah so it's a good place to find them yeah, I know your chapter about new world marketing, which I was very attracted to, talked about that. And I thought that was a really, really good bit about LinkedIn and its power, particularly in business. I, fi- I find that business, particularly small businesses, tend to focus too much energy and time on Facebook. Yeah, and like Facebook, like I said, is really good if you're a consumer business. Yeah. So you're, you're selling, um, you know, dog 
collars or something like that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, it, you can you can find a market for it or wedding um, uh, products or something like that. You can narrow it down and find an audience for for that product. Yeah. Um, but when you're selling a service, it's not so easy to do that on and find that target market in mm. Facebook. Mm. Um, but LinkedIn actually has some really uh, powerful tools that most people don't use, things like Sales Navigator, uh, where you can actually drill right down to a demographic. So you can actually um, f- put in business owner, Mornington Peninsula, um, less than 20 staff, um, less than a turnover, in a, and put a keyword in with, you know, say, electrician, and you could actually nail narrow down and connect with people in there and then there's other products like duck soup for instance which you can use to automatically generate some interest back to your page and um and views and things like that oh, so, they're really really good yeah. tips uh we're about to take a small break Stephen barnes his book is run your business better we will have some available uh, yes. Stephen's very kindly bought some in. He's signed them and we'll have those as part of a, a competition. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, Stephen Barnes, for sharing your story and helping business. It's a, it's a great book. It's really easy to read. Uh, and it's a great book to actually give someone as a present, I thought. If you know someone who's about to start a small business, to give it to them as a, as a starting point. Yeah. It, it's written for people that, don't have a lot of business background. So it is really easy to read. Yeah, it's great. And I'm assuming it's available at every bookstore you can possibly think of. It's at major bookstores. <laughs> it's um, on the major online bookstores as yeah. well. It's on my website. So it's at the publisher. Great. Um, okay, so it's easy to find. Yeah. I love it. All right, terrific. Stephen Munns, thanks again. I really enjoyed our discussion. I, I look forward to next time that we can continue this interesting chat. You're listening to Taking Care of Business. We are talking about stepping up and how to run your business better, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Step by step, we are working on and discussing how to run your business better. And we are stepping up. Our next guest's business model is predicated on this. And they will help businesswomen all over the world step up to grow their business and themselves. From Business in Heels, welcome back, Lisa Sweeney, Joe Plummer. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hey. Always great to have you guys in the studio or girls, guys, gender, generic, you know. Yeah. Now, Business in Heels... It pretty much says what it is, doesn't it? <laughs> so when someone asks you, you know, at a networking event, what is it you do? How do you answer that? Mm. Well, we really exist to help women unlock their potential in business. And we um, are so passionate about it. Women in business is the fastest growing sector of the economy, as mm-hmm. you would know. Yeah. And yet equally fast is women failing in business. So seven out of 10 will fail in the first three years. So we exist to help them through our three pillars, which is marketing, education and connections. Mm-hmm. And we're so passionate about it. So, you know, for me, it started, you know, about 20 odd years ago in China when I was just just overwhelmed by the fact that people were abandoning girl children because they never believed that they were going to be able to support them in their old age and earn a decent wage. And for Joe, mm. Well, for me, it was a bit about stamp licking. So in my first job, um, working in a bank and, and a young fellow started at the same time as me and um, we were both licking stamps effectively and for some reason he was promoted 
you know, faster than I was. And it dawned on me that perhaps things weren't going to be equal. And of course, there was a couple of defining moments, not least of all until when I started my own business, um, having had a, you know, successful um, corporate career, having to have my husband's signature to, to have a credit card. So, you know, things aren't equal in business. And so unapologetically, we are determined to make a difference and, and even up the playing field. How many members do you have? So at the moment, we connect 160,000 women and we operate in about 40 locations and it's growing fast. So we have territories where people can go to events and get immersed in the collaborative local communities, which um, are fun and we love having prizes for the best deals. And then online, we have um, lots of groups where people can connect and grow their connections globally and get problem solved. And we then run lots of courses to actually take them through all those building blocks of how to learn different things, which of course leads us up to step up which we're really passionate about because one of the key things we've noticed is confidence Mm. is the major problem for women in business Mm. yeah yeah so i was going to ask you about that so in your uh world of of, of, uh, being exposed to so many Mm. you know business women what are some of the common pain points we're talking to stephen barnes before the break about pain points in business and uh, there's a bit of a theme going here but one of the pain points you mentioned was confidence is is that one of the top pain points absolutely it's in the top three really yeah in the top three and it takes all different forms Mm. um but really what i mean it's we're our worst enemy in in many ways but um what you find is when you provide a safe environment for women to really um, nurture and, and connect and really share and problem solve that that you know really helps a lot but the step up program is absolutely about allowing women the access to get their message out loud proud and wide but actually giving them the confidence to do it every step of the way so we don't just let you go and sort of you know flounder around we we make sure you succeed in doing that yeah, yeah. hence the song that led us into step by step by new oh. kids on the block i hadn't heard that for a long time yeah, but i thought that actually was song, Jackie. Really- It took me back to disco days, but I thought that was perfect because this program step up that we're talking about today is about step by step. So Mm -hmm. we're talking about media exposure. We're talking about finding your story and Mm -hmm. your brand and how to then express that. Now I should also say that I've been working with both of you on designing this program. And one of the benefits that the uh, intake we've, we're launching the intake for 2018. There's only two spots for 2018 for the second half that we're launching today. And you get the training, you get your brand story, you then get the media training, and then you then get on the radio like you're doing now. You get mm-hmm. a podcast, we do videos, social media. It's really about stepping up to the plate and pushing yourself and getting yourself out there. Yeah, and look, there are so many great women in business that are experts in what they do and um but there's nobody knows about them mm. and they're not getting the traffic that they deserve and so you know it's just a fantastic opportunity to get people to get out from behind the computer and actually meet other people and get their stories out there which is what will attract amazing business to them yeah well we started we did a pilot last year because it was in response to the need from your members saying this is what we what would like mm. to do so we ran a, a pilot and then we had the perfect person sign up for it so I thought, why not bring her in and get her talking about it? Pippa Hansen, hello. Hello, thanks for 
Thanks for having me. That's good. You're a, a pro now after going through the Step Up program. Now, last year when you signed up for it, what was it about it that appealed to you? Uh, I think helping have my personal brand. You know, 14 years ago we started our business, the Sports Injury Clinic, and the branding for that was very easy looking from the outside in. But when you start talking about yourself and um, how you connect that to your business brand, that was what was um, exciting about it. Okay, now I refer to you now as the business detective. You do. (laughs) I know, because you are. uh, There's lots of stories there as well. But that, but you weren't the business detective when we met. So when we started this program, that was part one of the outcomes. Yes, and I think my business is health, but I'm not a health practitioner uh, and pretty, you know, very much the business owner and, uh, and all the sides that go with the, um, that side of the business. So it was trying to find that message of what does that look like with my business. Yeah, so really trying to find the piece of real estate, mental real estate that you want to own from your personal brand because one of your objectives, and you're quite clear about that, was you wanting to do a lot more speaking. So you do motivational keynote speaking. So it's going, okay, you want to do that and you want to talk about health and running a business, but everyone's talking about that. So what is it about you and your experience that makes you different? That's what we were talking about. And uh, those that don't know Pippa, Pippa was a police detective. And so she has had skills that most of us would never dream of. I'm always a bit sort of nervous around people because you know that you know she's she's seen things that the rest of us don't see. But she's had you know highly trained using her detective skills to then transfer those skills into a business. Give us an example of how you do that. <laughs> Well, nothing's meant to get through, is it? You're meant, no. meant to be able to see and hear everything. But I think it's just, um, you know, using the skills of, of policing. So whether that's, and I sort of think about things like your torch and really honing in on and isolating different parts of your business to look at and your magnifying glass to, again, stay on top of the things that you've set in place. Mm. Um, and never forgetting the reasons that you've put in place policies and procedures and doing reference checks so that, you know, the, the odd <laughs> sly person doesn't, uh, yeah. doesn't infiltrate. So what one of them would be you detecting people lying, I would imagine. So is that, is that a skill that you've were taught when you're a detective? Yeah, definitely. But it's one that hopefully I don't have to, well, I don't use it a lot in, you know, in the industry. I mean, it's a very nice industry now to yeah. be in. Well, it's part of your toolkit though. Yes. But it's, uh, it's interesting when you're running a business and how many staff do you have with the uh, sports The team's injury? about 60. Okay. So that's a lot of staff. Mm. So when you're managing them, what are some of the skills that you've learned from a detective in, in managing people? Probably communication and honesty mm. um, is a lot with people. And if they're given the opportunity to actually um, tell tell their truth as to, you know, what they need for their day, um, then it balances out with, you know, great outcomes for them as individuals and for the business. Yeah. So with the Step Up program, you did the media training. Now, this is probably your <laughs> – how many times you've been in this radio? Probably about up to 10. Yeah, quite a few now. <laughs> are you feeling – how different do you feel from when you started to where you are now? I mean, your confidence is – you look quite calm and relaxed. Do you feel it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. Um, and confident talking about my past. I think early on you and I identified that I wasn't always happy to say that I was in the police force. Yeah, that's true. fear of what other people would think. Mm. Um, 
negatively, but yeah, happy to own that space now and, and how that connects to the success of the clinic today. Yeah, and using that uh, and how that's translated, I noticed you use the word magnifying glass and things. So you're actually creating that mental image in, in, in respondents or people's heads. So when you're speaking motivationally, what sort of topics do you talk about? So I look at um, the toolkit that you can use in your business and what the key elements are that you should carry around with you. Mm. Um, resilience, um, lots of topics depending on the audience I'm talking to. Oh, well, we're going to explore a little bit of that because you're going to hang around for the rest of the show. Lisa and Joe from Business in Heels, you're hanging around for the rest of the show. We will talk a bit more about Step Up, but I want to talk a little bit more about how to run your business better. Stephen Barnes has kindly said he's going to hang around for the rest of the show as well. So we're going to have a really robust discussion. I'm looking forward to this very much. You're listening to Taking Care of Business right here on Ardell PFM. Yes, I know better here on Taking Care of Business. We are talking about how to run your business better. That was Screaming Jets. That's another good song. Playing lots of good songs today. I love uh, picking the music. It's it's the most fun I think I have with this show, besides the guests I have in the studio, of course. And I have here Stephen Barnes, who's just written a book called Run Your Business Better, ironically, the sort of name of this show. And the other name of this show is about stepping up to run your business better. And we've just launched a new intake for 2018 uh, a program called step up with business in heels and we have here joe Plummer and lisa sweeney and we also have the fabulous pippa hansen who's the ceo of the sports injury clinic and the business detective who actually did the step up program and you sort of from there became the business detective pippa didn't you yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh, no, that's great I, I love having you i love having you here now as we were talking before the break the first half of the show we were talking talking about how to run your business better and we're talking to Stephen Barnes who's a, a management consultant and he's written this book which is a really great basic but I don't mean that in a rude way but it's a real sort of how to run your business better and then we started talking about one of the issues for women is about confidence when they're running their business better hence the step up program and Stephen, it got me thinking, when you're cons- in your consulting world and you are talking to a lot of different businesses as a management consultant and trying to get them out of some pickles, so sometimes they mostly come to you reactively, not proactively, I don't know. Do they come reactively yeah. or proactively? I usually say I'm the person they come to see before the liquidator. Oh, okay. So, oh, well, there's, well, there's a lesson yeah. in there, isn't there? Okay, so we might talk about that. Sec, not but always, but it's often. It's yeah. often. Do you, so do, in your opinion, do men and women do business differently? Um, by the time I see them, I, I'd say no. And um, we were talking in the break, and my example was I had a client in country Victoria, and um, being in the country, they ran their business from their home. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some staff and things, and they were in a bit of trouble. Um, I organised that I was going to go and spend a morning with them, um, I, I rocked up at their front doorstep, knocked on the door, and the business owner was still in bed. And so, this was and, a female and, or a and, male? And it was a male. Right. So, oh dear. Um, you know, he, he was just, you know, totally distraught, didn't know what to do, you mm. know, almost like in a fetal position. Mm. So, you know, the emotional side and things like that. Um, and then it's a case of how do they react? Well, they're like deers in the headlights. They just don't know how to react. Mm. They uh, so and I, by the time they're at that stage, 
um, I don't think the gender makes any difference. Right. Yes. Yeah, so they've they've got to a point of desperation yep. that they've come to you. So there's a message in there. When should they come to see you? <laughs> Obviously not at that point. So let's let's say one to ten that they come and see you where they're at a nine. They're they're almost they're broken. Is that yep. yeah right? And what percentage would come to you when they're broken? Let's say um, a nine out of ten. I'd probably say 50% would come in there. Really? Yeah. So we need them to come to you sort of in before five at least. Yep. <laughs> Is that right? Would that yeah. be what your recommendation Yeah, I mean, the sooner they come and see someone like me or, or, or somebody else um, and get the information, the, the more successful they're going to be. Um, no one wants to see anyone go out of business. No. Um, you put so much of yourself into a business that um, it's almost heartbreaking seeing them at that stage. Mm. Um, so, you know, hopefully what I can help them with is get past that phase and, and move on. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm fascinated by this because I think this is the clue, business detective, notice I use that, yeah, on, mm-hmm. on purpose. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, I love a pun. I, I never excuse the pun, I love them. But I think there's something in this, why so many businesses fail. Now, Lisa Sweeney, you mentioned seven out of ten women fail in the first three years. Do you think that's part of it? Like, are they coming and getting help from, you know, in your experience when they're at a nine out of 10 or are they, are they coming earlier? Like, is there any, is there any connection there? Well, the seven out of 10 actually is business owners. So that's not gender specific. Oh, that's specific not women. That's all. business that's owners. All. Yep. But what ah. we see, um, in some of the differences mm. is that women do not get finance to set up their business. That um, a very low percentage of women, I think it's somewhere like four to five percent, are actually getting finance into their business. So most of them are hocking the house or putting their super into their business, and so that is going to be their their end game. And many of them, when they get to that point of they're going out of business, do so without calling in someone like Steve because they are so embarrassed. And so this, this lack of confidence plays out in lots of different forms. And this is part of the statistic that 45% of women in our, nationally are retiring in poverty. I mean, it's, it's yes. massive yeah, mm. because a of a, a lot of these issues. So mm. they didn't have a lot of super to start off with. Many are starting businesses in their 40s and 50s. Um, and many of them aren't creating businesses that they can ultimately sell. You know, there's a huge raft of businesses today that are out under people's own names, which make it unsaleable. Mm-hmm. And so they're investing all this time and effort in stuff that won't give them that return. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that we have, you know, we talk about confidence. And it's a dangerous thing because what we see a lot is people giving inspiration. Go back yourself. You know, you can do it. But if you go do that without the right education and the right resources <laughs> and the right knowledge, well, then, you know, that, that's when we see these awful statistics. So it's great to back yourself. But before you do that, you really do have to make sure you know what you're doing. And whether it's getting in a consultant or, you know, getting some education or getting, you know, well connected and bringing in the help that you need, that's really important in doing business better. Yeah. Pippa, why do you think seven out of 10 businesses fail? Because, sorry, just, just before you answer that, I'm just going to hang on, just get my soapbox out again and put it on, stand on it. This isn't talked about enough. That, that's, set, that's seven out of ten. That's incredible. In yeah, three years, okay. fail. Why aren't people talking about this more often? So why, in your opinion, why do you think that is the case? I think quite often people are just creating a job for themselves, thinking that they can earn more and have a better life balance by going out on their own and not looking at it 
as a business and setting up structures and getting the advice they need, surround, getting the right people on their crew, surrounding themselves with the professionals they need to really set it up properly from day one. Stephen, why do you think 7 out of 10 businesses fail um, in the first three years, I should say? Well, I think Pippa just knocked it on the head. Um, they treat it like a job and not a, a business. Mm. Um, you know, they don't work on their business, they work in their business. Mm. Um, I think a lot of startups, um, it's a hobby and they think that's a business mm. and it's not really, it's a hobby because they haven't set up structures and they haven't thought about it mm. and they don't treat it like a business, they treat it like a hobby. Mm. So those businesses that come to you before five out of ten, so they're coming, they're coming to you more proactively, they're looking at growth, um, so they're not in a in a desperate mental state. Uh, let's just park those people for a minute and ca- go to the ones that come to you, you know, when they're starting a business or they're in the midst of a growth um, cycle and they're coming to you for advice. How important is confidence in that? We're talking about confidence being an issue for women. Do you see uh, confidence as a something positive, negative? What's your view on that? I think it can be a double-edged sword. Mm. So, I, and I think mm. uh, Lisa, you sort of knocked on that. You know, is it confidence through inspiration because people are cheering them up, mm. or is it confidence because they've actually got something that's really worthwhile um, to be in business doing? Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I'd like to also say that you know, the, I had one business that was a startup, and they spent over a year planning yep. to, before they even started um and they um with that you know they they went through their whole business plan their marketing their branding they got all their licenses they got all their permits they they did the whole work Mm. right beforehand um uh, all their legal stuff done um and they weren't trying to chase you know their tails um trying to do that while actually doing running their business so Mm. I think planning and getting getting yourself set up properly first before you actually launch is key as well. Absolutely. And, and having the time. Do you see that uh, with the women, the women in business that you deal with, those that follow their passion, uh, that sometimes that's not always a great thing to do? Oh, well, there's a number of um, get-rich-quick schemes out there <laughs> that would advocate that if you follow your passion, the money will follow. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the idea of getting a proper business plan together. And I think one of the key things for women, they've been taught to be quite um, resilient. They look after the household. They look after the family, right? So I'm meant to be in charge and I'm not meant to ask for help. But running a business, you'll never have all the skills that you need alone. So you need to have collaborators around you, the people that you can bounce ideas off and they make all the difference to success or failure because they bring other clients to you, they can solve your problems. So, you know, that's where we see some real strength um, in getting women across the line. Okay, well, we are talking today about stepping up and how to run your business better. There are so many pearls of wisdom and there's more to come, but we're just going to have a quick break. I'm going to take a breath, have a sip of a cup of coffee, and we'll be right back after this very, very, very short break. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. We are stepping up today to help everyone run their business better. We have in the studio Stephen Barnes, who's written a book called Run Your Business Better, ironically enough, Pippa Hansen, the business detective, and Joe and Lisa from Business in Heels. And we were talking just before the break about 
how to run your business better, are there any gender differences, mindset, so many different elements to to that and why 7 out of 10 businesses fail in the first three years, which we need to be talking about that a bit more, a bit like and also backing up your computer if you don't use the cloud. You back up your computer, everybody. <laughs> it's one of those things that no one ever talks Absolutely. about. You know what it is like? It's like, you know, those that have turned 50 in here mm-hmm. and you get the bowel testing kit, mm-hmm. right? No one talks about that. Mm. It's hilarious. But anyway, it's almost like, you know, don't it's talk fresh about Fresh in my mind, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it turns up on your birthday. I think they've actually got some, some timing issues. I know they've got a problem with that because not many people are using it. I wonder why. Yeah. Anyway, now speaking of uh, that, it leads us into this next word, exposure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's sort of funny link. Anyway, so talking about exposure for your business and uh, how can business people, businessmen and women, Increase the exposure because that's really important. The marketing of your business, it's so important because you can have the the best product and the best service in the world, but if nobody knows about it, absolutely, you don't have customers. You need customers to have a business, so mm. that's the way you can get customers. What are some of the ways that business people can uh, increase their exposure, Joe? Yeah, look, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's that old saying, you know, if you've got a good idea, it's no good at all unless you share it, right? So you may as well not have it. Mm. And it's the same with being an expert and being really great at what you do in your business. And there's so many ways to get your message out there. But, of course, some of that takes time. So... Um, there's lots of contemporary method, methods through social media and so forth, which no doubt we'll talk about. But getting it out to a wider distribution um, is really, really important. And so one of the things that we do at Businesses in Heels is making sure that we have all of those connections and mm. collaborators at both a local and a global scale so that the people that work with us can actually get their message out to targeted audience and a really wide audience through lots of different mediums. So it might be through you know radio it might be through podcasting you know it might be through LinkedIn and, and so forth but actually if you don't have that um, then you know you really are very limited so you really need to make sure that you're connecting with those people that can help you with that and cutting through the clutter so mm. attention I think is the most undervalued resource there is and so getting people's attention to cut through the clutter because there's so much clutter going Absolutely. on and this step up program that we've been talking about helps you do that so it figures out what makes you different where Mm. your point of difference is where your brand positioning is and then using mediums like radio social media to to expose yourself in 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 the nice way Mm. video is really important isn't it absolutely Stephen Barnes when you're consulting and I know that you've got quite a big bit in your book about new world marketing what is your definition of new world marketing well in the past it was um companies would would send out their marketing and um, and feed it to you, and it's now about getting people to attracting people to your business, yeah. and so it's uh, sort of turned on its head. So it's now called inbound marketing, mm. um, and you know, one of the things that I think is really important is actually and how you market to people is actually understanding who your market is, and so I talk in the book about um, building personas. Um, and making them real. Um, and when you start thinking about your personas, then you start working out how they like to be marketed to. So 
Um, I know you used Yui as an example in your book. Yep. Remember the Yui ads? Mm. And the reason you used that example is because they would actually say, hi, this is Pippa, and Pippa is on her way to work. She drives to work every day, and she is this age, and she has these many children, and this is what she does in her in her spare time. And that's that's the idea of a persona, wasn't it? Was it yeah, attracting and, and it means it's something that's memorable to you as well, so you mm. actually remember that. Mm. Um, so that when you talk about your marketing, you actually have a view about who that person is that you're marketing to, mm. even if you don't know them, but you've got an idea about who that person is. I worked with a, with a client uh, not, long, not long ago, actually, and their, well, what we did with their target audiences was they actually named them. So you talked about yep. persona. So one of their target audiences was women between 40 and 50 who were married, who worked, but they still ran the household. Like it was so specific, you know, they, mm. they had children, they would run the children on the mm. weekends, you know, it was sort of almost atypical. We call those the fuggle. Really? Mm. Why? The family juggle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be more fun than that. Okay. Anyway, um, I thought I'd ask the question, but oh, I don't know what the answer is going to be. Um, but we called that segment Linda. And because it was a, it, and so every time rather than talk about that segment and make it this sort of, you know, functional, rational, we put someone's name to it and we started, we had Linda, we had Homer, you can imagine straight mm. away what pops in your head, what a Homer segment would be. Mm. And we'd actually named all the segment people's names, but those names attached to the persona of that name, so to speak. Yeah, I had a industry association that I took through this process and, um, so um, they were in the financial markets area, um, and so we built a persona called Jane from Bega in country New South Wales, yeah. um, who worked at a company and had a very small team, so it was a bit of jack-of-all-trades sort of a, a role. Mm. Um, couldn't get to Sydney to do CPD training, um, so how were they going to present information to them? How were they, you know, they had, she had two kids and, you know, and her husband and liked to, you know, walk the dog on the weekends and, you know, so you build it up quite, quite detailed. And then you really start to think about, I've got someone that's time poor in a regional place that, um, can't get to some of this type of training that's at a demographic that, you know, may not be looking at social media every five minutes and, and things like that and that's how you work out how you can market to that particular person. Yeah, and it's much easier to then walk in their shoes because you're actually creating this persona. Yeah. We've done some of that with the clinic. We quite often get confused that we can only see sports people because the business name is the Sports Injury Clinic. Yeah. So we have um, Steve from Frankston South who's wearing a suit running for the bus but he's the 50-metre sprinter. And there's a whole series of them. Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, for, to try and marry up the right client to come and see us. And your 60 staff, have they engaged with that? Like, do, do they actually talk about Steve as a, as a segment? Yes, mm. yeah. Great. I think that's really useful. Now, social media, I'll just have to talk quickly about that before we finish off because that's, that's the new world marketing in a way, Stephen Barnes, isn't it? That's so powerful as far as... Uh, that we have access to so much information and we can look up most people. And I think that if you're running a business and people can't find you <laughs> as a business person, because we mm-hmm. like to do business mm-hmm. with people, that's a real issue now. And I think there's uh, people think, well, maybe they've got, what have they got to hide? How come I can't find them on LinkedIn? How come I can't find 
their business page somewhere. Mm. So we talked about social media. Lisa Sweeney, I know you do a lot on social media. What are some of your tips? Well, I think we've um, once you've identified that persona, you need to work out where your tribe hangs out. Mm. And so tracking that back through to groups. Um, today, you've all seen Mark Zuckerberg in the news a lot. So Facebook's changing. Mm. There's a huge amount of emphasis, if you're working on business marketing at all, to be part of a group, to um, connect with other people in the group. And it's your new point of contact to collaborate. So... Whichever medium you feel is the most important for you, whether it's Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or LinkedIn, you probably need to pick two because you can't do everything, right? Mm. So you just need to to manage your time intelligently, work out where your groups are likely to be and find those other collaborators. And then it's all about supporting, you know, being that helpful person that then gives other people that opportunity to reciprocate back. So suddenly you're the person they want to talk to. Yeah, yeah, and giving value. So yeah. giving things without expecting anything in return, it sort of builds mm. up that trust and relationship. That's a really good tip. Uh, Joe Plummer, as we finish, have you got a tip for someone listening who wants to step up and run their business better? What should they do? Yeah, look, I think getting the right help is, is just so important and it can be anything from management consulting to making sure that you get the right marketing person on board. So okay, great. number one. Okay, and I uh, would also, if the Step Up program, go to the, just Google Business in Heels, you'll find it and we'll put a link to our Facebook page on that. Thank you very much, Business in Heels ladies, Joe and Lisa, for coming into the show as always. Pippa Hansen, thank you very much. We see you at the Bite Conference on the 29th of May. With your magnifying glass and your dark sunglasses and your business detective Pistol in a words, yeah, <laughs> words of wisdom. Look forward to seeing. See well, yeah, look forward, look Thanks, forward to Jackie. seeing you there, Stephen Barnes. Thank you very much for coming onto the show today. Thanks very much, Jackie. Travelling all the way into the studio, really appreciate it. And your book, Run Your Business Better. Again, we'll put a link to our Facebook page. You can buy that at all good book- bookshops, and we'll actually have some available for our competition. So, thank you for bringing that in. You're welcome. We hope you've learned something new today and feel inspired a little bit smarter I do we look forward to your company next Friday at 11am in the meantime stay ahead of the game and keep taking care of your business